this this week felt like a year, didn't it? It felt like such a felt like a lot a lot has happened in just this past week, and I'm looking at the um, astrology of the week ahead, and uh, we have two really important turning points for Venus retrograde venus's journey through their retrograde um and uh i'm like oh my god like i feel like i've lived a lived a lifetime since venus uh stationed uh retrograde uh you know a a couple weeks ago and still we're just now approaching the halfway point um and something that will start to feel more intensely as the week goes on is Venus's square to Uranus. Now keep in mind that at the very beginning of July, so I believe it was like July 1st, July 2nd, but we can just say that that whole first week of July, Venus in Leo hit that first square with Uranus, okay? And now this week specifically, it'll be It'll be like, what is that? Monday, Tuesday. It'll be Wednesday, August 9th, and Thursday, August 10th. We'll have the second round of this Venus square Uranus. And what does that mean in English? Well, what it means is that, you know, there's some kind of, you know, next chapter... (laughs) kind of being written for this Venus retrograde. And whatever the theme has been for this summer, uh, there's been maybe some themes with relationship issues, relationship challenges. Maybe you and your partner have committed to reconnecting in some sort of significant way. Maybe you and your partner have committed to going to therapy or working through a certain issue, maybe you broke up with someone, you know, maybe there's something about an ex trying to, you know, knock on your door and and kind of work their way back into your life. Like there, there could be all kinds of relationship stuff going on, specifically with this Venus retrograde. Um, And this week, there's something about the evolution of those themes coming through. And like I said, this next story or this next chapter of our Venus retrograde story is being written this week in some way. So Wednesday, Thursday, we have Venus squaring Uranus. And then uh, come Sunday, August 13th, we have the Kazemi, which is when Venus will conjoin the sun at 20 degrees Leo. And, uh, you know, this is the true halfway point of the Venus retrograde. So if we've been feeling like a little bit up in the air, stuck, stagnant, uh, not knowing how to approach a certain challenge or situation throughout this Venus retrograde, I would say that this week there is something coming through with maybe a sort of moving forward kind of moment. Now keep in mind, it's like we're trying to move forward while Venus is still going backwards, right? So like it's not a complete resolution, And it may not fully satisfy our ego, right? Because if anybody wants uh, things on their timeline, it's Leo, (laughs) you know? Leo's like a fixed sign, right? So similar qualities to like Taurus or Scorpio. But then at the same time, there's something here about like, it's it's my world and y'all are just living in it, right? And this isn't me talking shit about leos and saying that all leos have this attitude it's more like you know this is sort of the what the sign can sometimes exude when it's frustrated and i mean that for everybody right so there's something here about okay a resolution may be coming or a resolution may be kind of uh breaking through this week with how to move forward yet it's not 
completely satisfactory. It's not the complete resolution our ego desires. Um, and patience and finding patience still continues to be a challenge, unfortunately, right? Um, but, you know, a few things. Hey, Annie, um, a few things were reflected to me this week through my conversations with other other people. And it, it's so interesting, like being an astrologer and you know, both directly being able to hear people's stories through, um, through like my consults and then also just indirectly being around like my coworkers and, and people, you know, at a coffee shop or something and just seeing the theme of Venus retrograde come through no matter what. Right. And for me, uh, something that has been coming through is uh, because I'm a Cancer rising, Venus retrograde is going through my second house of money, right? Um, so it hasn't necessarily been a question of like, you know, like, how do I make money? Like, sort, I guess. But it, it's more been like um, this feeling of, oh, my business kind of needs like, a little bit of a change or a little bit of a shift or what can I do to, um, what can I do to like kind of give my business a facelift if you will. Um, and how can I sort of recommit myself, <coughs> excuse me, to my business? Um, now you just heard me, my hack, my cough, because it's funny I'm having all these questions of like, what can I do for my business? Like, I'm so eager to like, you know, do more readings and like, you know, find more um, aligned clients and like, how does that work? And I was at uh, Satnam on Friday night, which is a yoga studio in Chicago. And I have this like hacking cough right now. I'm not sick. <clears throat> I'm so sorry to the podcast listeners. Uh, my audio is already always a little iffy, so sorry about the the hack. But um, my uh, I tested negative for COVID. I you know a few times. I don't feel sick except for this cough, and I was really excited to go to Satnam, a yoga studio in Chicago, on Friday night to do their healing circle. Right, and. I think I met some of you even at Satnam throughout the throughout the past year. And um, anyways, my I'm like trying to push through like my hacking cough. And I'm like sitting down with this poor person who is very, very nice. And, um, these are just mini readings, but I'm like giving her a reading like, you know, cough, cough message, cough, message, cough, message. Like it was just embarrassing. Like I, I was like. I cannot be here right now. Like as much as I want to be giving these readings, like, you know, I just can't, I can't push through it with this hack. Right. So whatever, I gave one reading and then I got in my car and I was like, this is so Venus retrograde in my second house. Like I'm, I'm eager to push forward with something that has to do with my business, right? Um, I'm eager to like meet new clients and like, you know, make moves and see what happens and, um, you know, find the next opportunity and things like that. Yet, you know, you show up to something that you're excited for and then, you know, your body stops you in some way. And uh, that that's a very Venus and retrograde kind of moment, right? Um, and you know, for me, it's been showing up more so in my business life, but well, let's not go that. I mean, it has been showing up in my, in my romantic life, but we won't get into that right now. Um, but what I will say is that I've seen some of, uh, my, you know, people who I interact with on a weekly basis kind of going through similar, love life moments where it's like, ooh, like, 
I want to show up and I want to make this work, but yet every time I do, it's like the wrong time or it feels forced or it feels sort of uh, uh, just not on quite on the right timeline. I was talking to my coworker the other day and she um, was telling me that like she's kind of missing her ex in a weird way. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's pretty normal during a Venus retrograde to, like, yeah, just have these kind of, like, I miss my ex kind of moments, I guess. And um, she was like, yeah, and I was telling my friends about it. And my friends were like, oh, it's Venus retrograde. Like, <laughs> you have to, it's the time. Like, if you miss them, you have to reach out. And, like, this is the opening. <laughs> And my co-worker, she was like, oh, I, you know, my friends were saying that, but like, I don't know where they were getting this. Like, none of them are astrologers, right? They're just, you know, whatever, getting this stuff from TikTok or whatever, right? And my co-worker was like, I need to talk to Mal about this because, you know, is this truly an opening for me? You know, this emotion of quote unquote missing my ex, is this an opening for me to like reach out to them or get back together with them like is that what venus retrograde is all about and i was like oh that's you know um that's interesting because um you know for me uh missing an ex uh is almost a hundred percent of the time not actually me missing them um <laughs> like i i think on a surface level that's what my ego thinks it to be like it, it's it's easy to be thinking about someone or thinking about the great times with someone and be like oh my god i miss them like i want to get back together with them but I think more often than not, uh, Venus retrograde, especially in Leo, you know what that's bringing up? That's bringing up the wound surrounding being chosen. Um, and I'm talking about like a deeper wound, like that has to do with maybe our parents or, you know, a childhood wound. I think a fundamental need for children is to feel chosen and wanted by their parents, right? So when we have these feelings of like, I'm missing my ex and they, you know, they come out of nowhere or whatever, they come up during Venus retrograde. I think more often than not, um, we might actually be somewhat triggered right now into maybe looking for the outside world or the outside you know, validation in whatever way to, to choose us. Um, because that's what happens. I mean, that's what we're engaging in, <coughs> um, you know, with, with Venus retrograde and Leo. Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, this hasn't necessarily been coming up for me right now, but this was earlier this year. Um, you know, and I recognized those Leo themes uh, because I was I was really missing someone that I had dated briefly. And it's funny, we both had Mars in Leo. So, like, those Leo cho being chosen themes were very prominent, I think, for both of us. And um, I was really missing them. And, you know, it was so hard to distinguish, like, do I actually miss this person I think I do, but I also know factually and logistically that we're not supposed to be together, right? Like, we're not supposed to, you know, we met for that brief period of time, but, like, as of now, like, we're on completely different paths, right? And I can accept that from an analytical level. So why are my emotions so intertwined with missing them? And after unpacking this for a while, I've really had to sit with myself and think like, oh, okay. Because somehow right now that wound of not being chosen is coming up. Because the wounded inner child wants to be chosen above all. 
Um, you know, we want that sort of unconditional parental love being chosen, like mama bear gets in front of you and like protects you no matter what, like that is a survival thing that I think children sort of look for and recognize in their parents. And also parents often feel that level of love for their kid. Like I will protect you at all costs, right? So then when like a lover, a situationship, a relationship, when we decide, oh, that person is not aligning anymore. They're not on our path. They're veering in a different direction. They might be choosing themselves or choosing their path. And that path does not include me. Um, or I might be choosing my path and my path not, no longer includes them. Um, ultimately, you know, that's kind of a healthy choice, right? That's kind of a healthy uh uh, a healthy realization, but it makes our inner child freak the fuck out, right? Like, we're like, what? We're not being chosen? I have to let this person choose my, themselves, right? Um, so, you know, I say this because going back to the thing with my coworker, like, that's kind of what I posed to her. I was like, is it really that you miss them or is it a, a being chosen thing? Because sometimes the inner sort of that wounded inner child uh, really gets jazzed up when we feel like we're, we're not being chosen, when we're feeling like we're being abandoned. Um, on the other hand, too, if you feel like your ex is reaching out to you, um, you know, is there something going on in their life where, you know, they are gaining some kind of validation from being chosen by you, right? Like when you answer your ex's text messages or when you answer their call or when you, um, you know, you care for them or offer them emotional, um, you know, emotional validation or something like, are you playing the role of their mother or their father? <laughs> you know, like, is there a part of them that's just going through a hard time and is saying, recognizing mom or dad and you, right? And, uh, and uh, how, how much do you allow yourself to engage in that projection? It's kind of a Venus retrograde thing. Um, um, and Jeanette, you said, ooh, uh, leave your ex alone. My ex keeps contacting me, and this is bad advice. Um, yeah, I, I, think, I think what you're saying, Jeanette, is that, yeah, maybe, maybe lie low on the ex contacts, right? And um, Corey, you said the wound of not being chosen that hits home. Um, and, um, Allison, you said, do you miss them or the feeling you had with them? Yeah, exactly. Because that feeling that we get, um, I don't know that like, uh, that feeling that we get when we're with someone in the heat of the moment, right? And we're like, oh my God, like this person, I really like them. And like, I mean, it's a chemical reaction. It like sets off the same chemicals in our brain as um as a baby gets when they're looking up at their parent from their uh their um uh what's it called uh their cradle is that is that the word or their their um I don't know guys comment below uh but truly truly like that like that uh eye contact that a parent gives their kid you know, as a baby and that feeling that a baby gets when their mom like holds them and whatever their dad makes eye contact with them or things like that, like that sets off, um, chemicals, the same chemicals that get set off when, um, crib, thank you, that get set off, you know, with us as adults when we, <laughs> when we find someone who really excites us, right? So it's, it's really hard to decipher, um, those emotions. And it's not to say that um, someone who is truly aligned and truly loves us uh, and who is safe, they might still set off those chemicals, you know, like I don't think we can avoid those brain chemicals firing off. But at the same time, um, yeah, when we when we're asking ourselves, do I 
miss them or do I miss the feeling of them? I think oftentimes we're, we're thinking to that sort of that whatever serotonin feel good chemicals <laughs> setting off in our brain. Right. Um, and, uh, Lauren, you said, honestly, anytime I think about an ex, I play back the memory that is coming up and I erase them and focus on myself. Interesting insights come from that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Um, and Jess, you said, I think safety is a really spot on idea, Mal. Yeah. So, you know, what's the medicine for this? Um, how can, uh, how can we make ourselves feel chosen this week? Um, you know, how can we pick us this week? I think that is usually better medicine than picking up the phone and, you know, texting the ex or whatever. You know, it's hard, though. It's hard um, to to choose the other route um, because, again, our inner child so much wants to be chosen a lot of the time. Um, Now, the other theme that I noticed coming up um, was... You know, I had that conversation with my coworker, like I was talking about, like, do I, the question, do I miss them or do I just want to be chosen by them? Right. Um, Another theme that I found coming up, which is kind of along the same lines as like that Venus and Leo ego kind of, um, uh, I've been noticing people around me, um, maybe making the attempt to heal their partners, uh, or their friends or whoever, or their parents, um, making the attempt to heal others, but those people don't, aren't actually in alignment with their own healing, right? So during this Venus retrograde in Leo, uh, we could be kind of seeing our own relationship patterns. We could be seeing, you know, certain issues that we're having with, you know, whatever, our partner, our friend, our mom, and we could be recognizing, oh, okay, like, I need to change this about myself. Like, I need to maybe go to therapy, or we could even be working on ourselves in a really significant way. And also be sitting there wishing oh my God, I wish my my partner would do the same. Or we could be noticing an old pattern coming up within our partner, right? And because again, it's Venus retrograde. It's not just about us. It could very much be about people we're dating, friends, um, you know, whoever. We're noticing, oh, there's an old pattern coming up with them. And I really, I really want them to heal this right? Like, oh man, like I really want them to recognize what I see. I really want them to see the pattern they're repeating in the same way I recognize it within them, right? We've all been there where uh, maybe we start to see something that another person needs to work on, right? And then we might even do this thing where we start to like plant their healing in front of them, right? Um, and I'm so guilty of this. Like I had a very, um, you know, painful, uh, friendship, uh, kind of breakup in the past couple years. And, um, you know, with this person, like I would, I would do, I, I would have done anything for them to go to therapy. Like I will admit maybe it's a little bit, um, uh, embarrassing, but like there were multiple times where I texted this person, like, different therapists that were in their area and like I was doing the work to help them find someone. Now, this isn't to say that I think this isn't to say that I think therapy is the be all end all healing mechanism, right? But in this moment, you know, I was recognizing that this could be a healing modality that they would um benefit from, right? Um so I did that and I tried to help them, uh, and they didn't really take my advice. They, they ended up finding a few different therapists, none of who they really liked. Like they sort of claimed like 
the therapist was, I think the one or two people they saw, like the therapist was like, you know, not good or, um, just like, yeah, just like not a good practitioner. And I'm like, on the one hand that could be true, you know, because, uh, there are many, bad therapists out there for sure i mean that's what you get when we're in this sort of um you know the whole western psychology field is built off of like a white man's idea and all of these diagnoses are just for the purpose of billing insurance right and that's not me talking shit about therapists in general obviously i've had a therapist in my life who's really saved my life um in a way but at the same time like you know um yeah there are there are bad therapists out there right because we're working in a system that's not very woke if we will um but then at the same time you question like well when someone doesn't actually want to go to therapy or doesn't actually want to work on themselves all therapists will be bad, right? Like, uh, like there is no therapist who's good enough or talented enough or, or insightful enough to work with someone who doesn't actually want to tell themselves the truth and be with themselves, <laughs> you know? And I think that was what was happening with, with me and that friend, you know, me trying to like, here's some therapist, you know, and then they go and, oh, that therapist was really bad. And like, yeah, like I was trying to, I was trying to like force their, them into doing something that I perceived would be good for them. But at the end of the day, they weren't ready, right? Uh, We could be seeing themes like that in this Venus retrograde, this uh, situation where we really want someone else to change. We really want to help someone else. Um, even this week, someone um, reached out to me to ask if I could uh, do some kind of healing for their partner. And how their partner was going through like a really hard time and like... And I was like, oh my God, like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry this is happening. And I really feel for you. But, you know, it would be a waste of everybody's time if I did healing work, quote unquote, for someone who wasn't showing up to it themselves. You know, I can give you a healing. That'd be good. <laughs> you know, uh, like, if we want to sit down and talk, let's do that. Uh, but But when it comes to, like, healing someone who's not fully consenting yeah that's that's the hard stuff right and i think this dials back to like i think what i'm really talking about is our codependent patterns right um and uh yeah only someone who's i don't know if i've fully healed my codependency but i i recognize it okay like there's (laughs) i at least recognize it and only someone, you know, who who's dealt with some pretty intense codependent patterns could could speak to these kind of things, right? So I'm definitely not saying I'm more enlightened than anybody else. It's just, you know, it's just what you're willing to admit to yourself. Um, so my friends, I'm wondering, yeah, like what kind of themes come up when it comes to wanting to change another person and and how much can we really change a person um when they aren't willing (laughs) you know and uh sherry said you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink like precisely the phrase i used when i when i was talking to this person and um Corey, you said friend breakups are sometimes harder than romantic breakups. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Jeanette, you said, oof, the friendship breakups and the desire for the people you love to heal, but not being able to do the work for them. Yeah, yeah. Something like that's coming up. 
uh, Celeste, you said, currently taking care of an ill and aging parent who isn't taking good care of themselves. And I'm struggling with the feeling like I'm not being seen, appreciated, and validated. Um, oh my gosh, yeah. Oh, in the you know caregiving when you're when you become a caretaker, especially for a parent, like to- completely one of the more triggering you know roles i think we can take on in this lifetime right um it's it's such a it's such a hard spot to be in that inevitably feels filled with resentment right um and uh Jess, you said the book Codependent No More really helped me. I've heard that from a lot of people. And Jess, you said being mindful of what I project onto others when I want them to get better was a hard realization. Yeah, yeah. We can even end up like punishing the people that we want to get better, right? Like we can be like, oh, you're not going to do it my way? Well, all right, I'm going to be passive aggressive to you then, <laughs> you know, and of course we, maybe we don't, <coughs> maybe we don't decide it like that, right? But maybe some, somewhere in our subconscious, that's what's decided. Um, Pam, you said, so interesting. I recently circled back to an ex to enjoy the fire. And now I'm feeling like I want to help him heal before we part ways. This was spot on. Yep. Yeah, it's, yep, it's true. And um, Sam, you said, I think our strong Cancerian placements make it very easy for us to engage in codependent behaviors. Totally, totally. Um, And uh, yeah, I think it's interesting because I do think, like they say, like the zodiacal opposites so like cancer and capricorn i think deal with some of the some very similar themes uh but then i think in a weird way the signs that are right next to each other also relate to each other um so when i think about well technically every single sign in the zodiac relates to each other in a in some way right but when i think about how leo and cancer relate to each other um it is sort of a a a like i do this for you and you appreciate me (laughs) um and and i i feel that so hard is it cancer rising leo mars you know I'm doing all of this for you. I need to be appreciated. <laughs> and uh and yeah, sometimes it's just like life doesn't completely work like that or um we can't always you know expect you know the validation or whatever. And also um maybe at the same time like for us for those people who are you know, caretaking their parents, like, despite the, the frustration, it's, it's likely what is needed in this moment, right? Uh, But then with some other situations, like with like the caretaking of exes or doing emotional labor for our friends or whatever, um, if we're building resentment there, it's like, well, is anybody asking us to do this, right? Or are we doing this from a place of our own egos? Alice, you said, we frame it to ourselves as not wanting to give up on a person too, but when it's not accepting who they are, which is something we can do from a distance if we need to. Yeah, yeah, totally. I um not wanting to give up on a person um i'm sitting on that cuz i feel like there's a i feel like there's like an inner child thing underneath that sentiment like i won't i won't give up on you um 
I won't give up on you. It, it feels to me like uh, that's something we definitely want from our parents, right? We don't want our parents to ever give up on us, right? Like if we're sick and our parent abandons us, <clears throat> our parent abandons us, you know, especially depending on how young we are, we could die, right? So like our our survival depends on at times on our parents not giving up on us right and uh so so when we're now reflecting that back to another person like i won't give up on you you know are we acting as their parent do we also wish they would reflect that same thing back to us right um yeah just exactly we wouldn't want to be given up on yes yes uh yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. I feel like there's something behind that. Sam, you said I have a Leo mother and it's a good fit overall because I respond to her sun energy with my Cancer moon. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Um so friends, that's those are some vibes. Uh of this week again do you miss them or do we just desire to be chosen by them and also where wait where may we where may we be tempted to heal others or attempt to facilitate healing for others in a place where they really may just need to facilitate it for themselves and if they're not facilitating it for themselves how do we accept that they're not ready and what can we do with that information um jess you said stepping away and giving up on my mom when she was in deep addiction gave her the space needed to heal also yeah yeah thanks for sharing that jess yeah that that makes a lot of sense and that's probably the most extreme example of this and you know you've lived it and you've gained the wisdom from what that looks like so i really appreciate you sharing that and something i pulled for this week it's funny we're talking about cancer because i pulled the chariot as our advice card for the week ahead with the Venus square Uranus and the um, Venus Kazemi coming up this weekend. So the chariot, uh, you know, something we talk about in tarot class is the chariot is actually such a heavy card. Not like, I, I mean, I guess it can be heavy emotionally, but literally, if you look at the Rider Waite Smith chariot dude, he's wearing like a hundred pounds of armor and he's in this like steel chariot steel car and he has these two sphinx sort of blocking his way and like just seems like it's so heavy like he's carrying so much and one thing that a venus uranus square can help us do is is uh break through patterns break through old patterns come to some sort of enlightenment with ourselves see through inner child wounding that has maybe sort of driven the car right for a while we suddenly are enlightened and we're able to see through these behavioral patterns and potentially choose a new pattern that's more aligned right so i think there's some change going on again it's not the complete full forward motion <coughs> that we want but uh there's some kind of change coming in Ooh, guys I'm, I'm a mess here with the audio i'm sorry um so i'm wondering my friends uh let's for my cough's sake <laughs> for my cough's sake uh let's do this <coughs> um let's do this uh 
I had three cards in mind besides the chariot. And those cards are the three of swords, the four of swords, and the five of swords. And although these aren't everybody's favorite cards, I think they're applicable to sometimes the, let's say, rougher weather during a Venus retrograde, right? Um, and here we go. We've got the Three of Swords, the Four of Swords, and the Five of Swords. I think we'll probably catch ourselves in at least one of these energies <coughs> throughout this week or slash the rest of this month. Maybe even into mid-September, right? Because Venus will station direct September 4th. But what happens after that? You know, we still are in this recovery mode. I mean, this Venus retrograde is a really big transit for this year. So um, I just want you to think... Uh, I'm thinking of three different symbols. Uh, one is a yellow daisy the other is the number three and the other is a white rabbit <laughs> so go ahead and uh <coughs> go ahead and focus in on those three symbols the um white rabbit yellow daisy number three and uh whatever whatever symbol feels the best to you you pick that okay um and that'll correlate with your message today and uh let's let's see here uh if you pick the number three you got the three of swords <laughs> um i swear i'm just picking these by random so i don't know must have been aligned uh so if you pick the number three the Three of Swords is here. Um, what comes through is that we can't push our own healing timeline. And we also cannot push <coughs> other people's processing timeline. Um, so... During this Venus retrograde, again, we could be having many realizations within ourselves about our relationships. And we could be like really wishing that our partner, our friend, our mom would be having these same realizations along with us, right? But there's something here about sort of the, the timeline not completely being our own. And sometimes, like, timelines make us feel hurt, right? Like, timelines make us feel like, oh, my God, like, does this person not love me? Like, why aren't they realizing this? Or, like, if this person truly cared about me, they would admit that they were wrong or whatever. We have all of these, like, timeline things that sometimes we want people to prove to us from a place of ego, but there's something here with the Three of Swords that's saying, let go of the timeline of healing. Uh, this could apply to you. <coughs> Sorry, guys. This could apply to your partner. This could apply to an ex. This could apply to a friend. Uh, let yourself have your own say of how long it might take you to come to a realization, how long it may take you to heal. But also let other people have that too. And also realize that even though it sucks, like some people might not realize what you already know for a while. And that's for a reason. That's part of their path. A lot of the times we protect ourselves subconsciously from different realizations because it's sort of like too ego shattering to like admit that we were wrong or to admit that we have mommy issues or daddy issues or whatever right so people are oftentimes psychologically protecting themselves 
and we can't shake someone into their own healing. Uh, it just has to happen on everybody's own timeline. I don't know why that was coming through for the Three of Swords, but it was. <coughs> okay. If you picked the White Rabbit, we got the Four of Swords. Okay, so this for me, if you picked the White Rabbit or the Four of Swords, this is coming through as a little bit of a similar message, but it's coming through as be careful where you force your will this week. Uh, Venus Uranus can make us feel very spontaneous. They can make us feel, it can make us feel very like, I want to change. I want this to work out. I see it. I want it. I got it. Um, it could throw us into a completely new energy, which could be good. But again, keep in mind that there's something here about um, taking a... <coughs> Sorry, guys. You're getting a sneak peek of what was happening to me on Friday night when I was trying to give the reading to um, this poor person at Satnam. Um, but there was something here going on with the Four of Swords about not pushing your own will um, onto not only others, but onto a situation. Venus retrograde can be about relationships, but it also can be about our relationship to money, safety, our material resources. It can be about our relationship to our goals, ambitions, the things that we sort of identify with our self-worth and our confidence, right? And I I think this is coming through as a, you cannot push this to happen. <coughs> it is meant to come through in its own divine timeline. And uh, if you do push it to happen, you may even slow yourself down even more. And what would it be like to actually just take a moment to rest, integrate, know that the idea is written down, it's there, you're not losing it, the new action, the new shift is there, it's not going anywhere, this shift can happen naturally within you, and just because there is like this spontaneous desire to start something, do something, change in a certain way, you can do little tiny breadcrumbs of that, but I just feel like it's not in the books to have this like complete, you know, do over of of life at the moment. And it's more about sitting with the changes that are present and not ignoring of how those may make us feel uncomfortable. Okay. <coughs> and finally, um, five of swords. If you picked the what did I say, the yellow daisy. Um, for me, this right now is coming through as forgiveness. Um, the Five of Swords can often times um, allude to a situation that activated us. Uh, and it might have activated a sense of past trauma, inner child wounding. wounding. It, it triggered us, right, in some way. And uh, sometimes when a situation triggers us, it's hard to not, like, completely demonize the person, the situation, right? Because it's not that to say they didn't do something wrong, but it's hard to then separate those really big emotions and those really big psychological attachments from the person and who they are, right? So I think this is saying, you know, don't let these triggers stand in the way of forgiveness. And <coughs> what can you do this week? It's not to say, let everybody off the hook. <laughs> don't hold anybody accountable. It's not that. But, like, what can you do this week to take a step back and be like, you know what? That fight that I had with my 
boyfriend. It, it really, you know, I have to admit, it, it really did trigger something that is really more about me and my wounds with my dad. And uh, even though those wounds do hurt, um, how can I separate that trigger from the fight that me and my boyfriend are having? Or how can I at least, like, uh, shine light on how this thing is actually affecting me instead of putting the weight of the trigger on the other person? It kind of reminds me of the sentiment that um, like our triggers are our responsibility. So it's not to say that nobody can do any wrong, right? I mean, I think we can certainly cause harm to others and we could be genuinely hurt by something that someone has done or lost trust in them or had felt unsafe by something that they did. But yes, and um, I think oftentimes there are past triggers in enveloped in that moment and yeah how can we see this situation from a from as neutral of a nervous system response as we can can be hard in the five of swords okay all right friends in light of my hack i'm going to um end a little bit early but I hope today was helpful. Again, sorry for the coughing. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to go rest a little bit more. And I hope, uh, I, I would love to hear your Venus square Uranus reflections this week. And uh, let me know what kind of comes through with, uh, yeah, the Venus square Uranus and also the Venus Kazemi this weekend. It's, it's due to be an interesting week as always. Thanks for the get well soon, feel better, uh, notes, my friends. Uh, I appreciate the healing. Okay. Talk soon. Bye friends. <laughs>